0: Is Hebrews 13 verses 1 to 8 and then verses 15 and 16 that can be found on page 1212 in the church Bible Hebrews 13 1 to 8 keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters do not forget to show hospitality to strangers for by so doing People have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are ill-treated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, because God has said never will i leave you never will i forsake you so we say with confidence the lord is my helper i will not be afraid what can mere mortals do to me remember your leaders who spoke the word of god to you consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith jesus christ is the same yesterday and today and forever through Jesus therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise the fruit of lips that openly profess his name and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased so the ending of the first reading
1: our reading is Luke chapter 14 and may be found on page 1047 1047 of the church bibles beginning to read at verse 7 When he noticed when Jesus noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table he told them this parable when someone invites you to a wedding feast do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited if so The host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move to a better place. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all the guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet invite the poor the crippled the lame and the blind and you will be blessed although they cannot repay you they will you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous thanks be to God for this reading before I start I would
2: like to raise this question that uh, when you come to the church with what expect expectations you do come. What are your expectations this morning? For worship, for our prayers, for reading God's Word, listening to God's Word, listening to the word preached. Because I am a firm believer, that uh, jesus or god does not give us more than what we expect if we expect you know that uh, for him to fill this size of bottle with the blessings that is how much he is going to do it but if we come expecting him to fill a jar then of course that is what he is going to do, and my prayer, my hope for all of us, including me, is—and it's not for this Sunday—that but every Sunday when we come, we come expecting that uh, you know that uh, earlier when we were praying and uh, somebody prayed about the miracles. The Lord is going to do. Come expecting. And Lord will do the miracles. Come expecting for healing. And the Lord is going to heal. Come expecting that the God of grace will open his word to you. And believe you me. That even through such unworthy people like me. He can Open it up for you, and you can understand. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we give you the glory. Lord, we come to your throne of grace expecting, Lord, that you are going to speak us through this preached word. And as for me, Lord, I commit myself, I commit my will to your will. Lord, everything that is for your glory, that is for the building of your people, Lord, only that may come out of my mouth. In Jesus' name, Amen. We have two tremendously beautiful passages, and uh, Hebrews especially, and then the uh, last bit of Luke's gospel after Jesus told the parable, that is really a summing up the way of life of a Christian. How one who claim to be a disciple of Christ Jesus, how he or she is to live. But I am going to focus Uh, on this parable Jesus did tell in Luke's gospel. The occasion is already mentioned in the opening verse of that chapter, chapter 14 of Luke's gospel, that where it all happened. We read that Jesus was invited by a prominent Pharisee for a meal. And what was this meal? It was, we read, it was a Sabbath day. So it was a Sabbath meal, or you can call it the Sunday roast. It is for that that Christ Jesus was invited And now I want you to pick up something. You probably already have noticed it, but forgive me that I'm so dumb that I never paid attention before, that Jesus was sitting for a Sunday roast, and uh, when it came to the parable, he did not refer to the Sunday roast or just a meal, But he referred to the wedding banquet. Hang on. It was Sunday roast meal. It was Sunday meal. Why did Jesus talk about the wedding banquet? Just for you to think for a moment and let me get back to where I am. So Jesus was most probably among the very first people who arrived for the meal. Have you ever invited Jesus? Perhaps at times you have invited and you wonder where on earth Jesus is. Believe you, my word, he is never late. You just need to say, he is there right at the time when he has to be there. So Jesus arrived early. Other people started to come. As people started to arrive, and look again the verse 1 that we read, that there was something amazing, very strange interaction going on between Jesus and the rest of the guests. First of all, we read that Jesus was carefully being observed. Carefully, people are observing him. But Jesus turned the tables and he started to observe them you know it's always and I'm not different than anybody else having seen tremendous, tremendous things happen in the name of Jesus yet there are plenty more times perhaps where I have observed that what on earth you are doing but you know whenever you notice then that he is observing you and you find actually it was not fault with him problem was in me with me back to the occasion again so see that interaction they are carefully observing jesus every his move how he is standing which seat he is going to take and jesus started to observe them and what did jesus observe right in front of his eyes one of the greatest problem one of the greatest difficulty human being or human nature suffers from. The need to be observed, not the way Jesus was observing them, but observe that way that look look at me. Come if if it happened to be a fit man, look at my muscles. And if it happened to be that have been to few places of learning, look at my vocabulary, look at my calibra. what sort of a person I am. Have you met such people? I have met plenty of them that they will tell you within no time that they belong to some different kind of world. And if you don't observe them, you don't admire them, my God, the reaction. And... Then, you know, I sometimes wonder even these, praise God in this church is so all okay, these sort of clothes some of us we wear, why do we wear them? Well, of course it is that people can know you, who you are, that's wonderful. But then add to it, I find one of the most strange things in our church that we claim especially people like me and lawyer and soon from the 1st of October as we were reminded even in a greater way standing up here and you know that we claim that we serve the one who did not have even so much place to lay his head you remember that and then We have all these sort of fancy titles, reverend, venerable, very reverend, very, very reverend, and so on. And I always, honestly, there is no place in the world where I have preached and I have not raised this, that I I, honestly, I do not understand this, that either we should stop saying that I serve the one who did not have even a place to lay head. or oh, we forget about these titles, please. But of course, nobody believes me. That's why I remain just a parish priest all my life. <laughs> Back to that. Jesus saw this human ill on display. People trying to be noticed, seeking that they will be noticed. And how will they be noticed? The closest they are to the prominent Pharisee on the table, the greater the status, isn't it? We can laugh, we can joke, but hang on. If it was not a humble Retired, now Mr. Nobody priest standing here. And if it was some celebrity, do you think it will be only the few faithful sitting here? We will have hardly a space here if there was a celebrity. Jesus then told this parable. And back to that, what I said, that notice... Jesus did not talk about any ordinary meal. He talked about the marriage supper or the merry wedding banquet. Why did Jesus talk about the wedding banquet rather than that, hey, you, my kid, if somebody invites you, Don't be worried about taking a prominent seat. Just take some smaller seat somewhere at the back. But he talked about the wedding banquet. Why did he talk that? Could it be just possible that Jesus' goal was not just to say that, look, don't be seen that way, that you are trying to grab the prominent positions, when you are invited, but he was really and truly pointing to something which is the key to enter into God's kingdom. Doesn't the New Testament so often compare the kingdom of God with the wedding banquet? Do we remember that? Matthew chapter 22, for instance, Book of Revelation, the last book chapter 19, where it says the, the wedding banquet of the Lamb, Lord Jesus, has arrived. Could it be possible but that, that is where Jesus is pointing to. So if you know that you are invited to a certain place, like a few weeks ago, it was my daughter's uh, wedding reception, And obviously, the Western culture, there is a place where dad has to sit. And can you imagine if I said that I am, you know, very humble man, I can't sit on this one. That what people would have thought of me. So Jesus is not, I believe, talking about those sort of things. He is referring to the kingdom and how to enter into God's kingdom. And you know that even in our creed, what we declared, what we believe, that we did confess that how he earned the title to be on the top seat in that banquet, the wedding banquet, or in the kingdom of God. What it is, Philippians chapter 2, what it says, That though he was in every way divine himself, but he emptied himself of everything and humbled himself even to the death on the cross. And then what happened? God gave him the name which is above every name, and that is his name that every knee shall bow. So Jesus is saying that is the way. way. In other words, you can say that he says humility is the virtue, not vice. Or humility is greater than pride or self-seeking. If you want to be on the same table where he is the bridegroom, i.e. in the kingdom of God. Saint Augustine actually has said something beautiful about humility. He says, humility is the foundation of all the other virtues, hence in the soul in which this virtue, and this is something, In the soul in which this virtue does not exist, there cannot be any other virtue except in mere appearance. Boy, can you see what actually is the biblical teaching? Unless there is humility, I believe that even this confession that I enter into God's kingdom only through the blood of Jesus Christ, if it is not in humility, there is no true faith in the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. Because the true spirit only can say that I am saved by God's grace through the completed work of Christ Jesus when there is true humility. Because when there is no humility, it is that, yes, I do believe in your blood, but it is me who has earned that right. But perhaps here we need to stop and ask, but what is actually humility? How would you define the word humility? But before we look at what is humility, perhaps I should say a few things, what humility is not. Yeah? Let's first look what humility is not actually. Well, to start with, humility is not that you are a doormat. Not at all. Far from it. Some people think (coughs) that being a doormat, that is what humility is. That is, my friend, not biblical. Humility is not all either, that you do not take pride in the gift, in the tremendous blessings God has given to you. I mean that you play those drums beautifully, that is gift, but uh, you know, or say that you are very pretty my darling child, you know. But uh, she is a child, she can do it. But if it is adult, what do we do? We often have that funny smile. There is nothing wrong receiving compliment. If you are good at the task, if you faithfully minister at the back, there is nothing wrong to take any compliment. That's not about humility, if we say, oh, come no, I'm not. Here. No, that is not humility. Humility, and this one, I want you, please do notice. Humility is not also to regard myself so good that I have to pretend to be a humble man. Did you get this one? That is not humility. If you, if I regard myself, you know, you know I'm just you know, such a learned, good preacher, but you know that I need to, 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 to show you that I'm a humble man. That is stupidity, that is not humility. I'm sorry. So then what is humility? I was reading something and I picked up some time ago one sentence what humility is. Humility is ability to transcend oneself. Shall shall I say it again? Humility is ability to transcend oneself. A huge big statement which needs really unpacking. But instead of me saying too many words, let me tell you what God's word says about humility within this context. Humility is the ability to transcend oneself. Paul, writing to Romans, says this in chapter 12, for by the grace given me I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Sober judgment is the true humility not pretending that I'm so good that I have to be humble it is the healthy careful observation or thinking of oneself or judging oneself humility indeed is truly understanding before the Lord my strong points and my weak points. I think one of the greatest Christian writers, and I'm talking about C.S. Lewis, that has put it beautifully. How many of us are uh, aware of his uh, writings? I think everybody. How many of you have read his The Screwtape Letters? Some of you have. Brilliant. So I can sit down, you come and tell. (laughs) You know that those of us who are familiar with it, that it is about an uncle screw type who is actually a demon and in one of the letters he is training his nephew the wormwood and uh, in this particular, which I'm going to refer to you, um, uh, he is telling, teaching him that how to lead human uh, beings away from God. And uh, Screwtip, the uncle demon, says this. Let him think of humanity not so self... Uh, sorry, let him think of humility not as self-forgetfulness, but as a certain kind of opinion, namely a low opinion of his own talents and character, fix in his mind the idea that humanity consists in trying to believe those talents to be less valuable than he believes them to be. By this method, Thousands of humans have been brought to think that humility means pretty women trying to believe they are ugly and clever men trying to believe they are fools. And since what they are trying to believe may in some cases be manifest nonsense, they cannot succeed in believing it And we have the chance of keeping their minds endlessly revolving on themselves in an effort to achieve the impossible. Did you get it? The sober judgment, it's okay to take pride, not terrible wrong kind of pride, to take pride in the Lord that I'm gifted in playing the drums. It is okay to stand before the mirror and say, thank God you made me pretty looking. And even me, that you can stand, thank God that some people can feel pretty because I'm ugly. You know, <laughs> that, you know, that uh, there is always, that is the judgment, how we should take right judgment, what God has given, thank God for it. Don't let it be that the uncle screw tape or the nephew the wormwood, tell you otherwise that is the sober judgment so let me just sum up what I tried us to learn first that let's leave the top table a top seat on the top table to the bridegroom who is the Lord Jesus Christ Philippians chapter 2 we learn how he got to that place. Second, the grace to have a sober judgment of ourselves. Thanking God for the gifts he has given to us rather than unnecessarily trying to be humble when there is every reason to be thanking God. Third, never belittle what God has given you Because when you know that you belittle yourself and for that matter anybody else, you grudge the hand who made you. You grudge the hand who gave you that gift. And last and fourth, yet never forget that none of us is that good that we have to pretend to be humble. May God give us grace. To take right kind of pride in our gifts, in our talents, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And never the wrong humility ever take over our lives. Amen.